Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench. We are at episode number six. My name is Elvis Dahl from Summer Dental Laboratories in Zionsville, Indiana. I'm Barbara Wojan from Night Dental Group, Oldsmar, Florida. And six is my lucky number. Sweet. Why is it your lucky number? I had it all through my uh, softball career. I Every time I run, there's a six in my number. I do really well. So it's just always been my good luck charm. Nice. Nice. Thanks. I don't have a lucky number. I believe in that stuff. I always look for a six in my number. Every time there is, I do well. So I'm a little quirky, but that's what you either love or hate about me. Do you uh, actually request it on a license plate number or anything? No. You don't uh-uh. go that far? I just consider it luck. I consider it luck if I draw the six. Nice. And every single time I've raced, I've come in the top three when I've had a six in my number. So, Top three overall? Top three in my age group. I uh, love age group. I hit a new age group this week. Oh, 40. Yay. It's one of the hardest age groups, the 40 to 50, depending on if it's 10 or five year span, because, you know, people in our age group, their kids are older, their careers are a little bit more set. They have more time to run. Those are some competitive dudes mm. out there. I mean, it's, it's it gets pretty intense. Yep. You probably don't want to think that you're 40 and up, so you're going to become a bigger badass train harder and do better or lie about my age yeah (laughs) Yeah. i still look like i'm 22 you actually do so i i I don't i don't disagree until you see the bald spot Eh. we had the pleasure of interviewing judy fishman from lab management today she gives us a great story on how the magazine got started and what i really enjoyed out of it is how they went from lab management today to lmt i thought that was an interesting story You know, I look forward to the magazine every month. I really like the main articles. I love the survey results. And one of my favorite sections to look in is the news brief section. I always like to catch up on all the big industry news that they publish every month. Yep, me too. We're supposed to be in the news briefs this month. So if you get LMT Magazine, let me know. I'm waiting for ours to come. I want to check it out. Thank you, Judy. Thank you for supporting us and for um, featuring us and um, being in our interview. You were amazing. Yeah, this is a really great interview with um, Judy, and we really hope you enjoy it. She's got a lot of really awesome information for you to learn from, and let's do it. Voices from the Bench. The interview. All right, today we have Judy Fishman from LMT Magazine joining us. How are you today, Judy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. Barbara's with us too. Barbara, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Great. Hi, Barbara. Hi. (laughs) We all know that LMT Magazine is a huge staple in our industry. It's a magazine that we all get and we all read religiously. And we wanted to bring Miss Fishman on to kind of talk about how the magazine got started. Judy, what, what year did it get started in? It was 1984 that uh, the September issue was the first issue, September 1984. But I sort of had another magazine right before that. I guess the best way to say was stolen from me. So I just started Lab Management Today again without, you know, although I basically had to start twice. Wow. What was the first magazine called? The 
first magazine was called Modern Dental Lab. Oh. And, uh, well, it's a kind of a long, it's a long story, and it was a painful one. And I remember looking at a bottle of ketchup uh, in my dining room, tearfully saying to my husband at the time, I wonder if there'll ever be a time when I can look at this bottle of ketchup and laugh instead of cry. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's because it was uh, Heinz 52 varieties, and the man involved with uh, the demise of my first effort name was Heinz. Huh. So it was kind of, that's the tie-in. So take us back. Why did you start the first magazine? What was your driving force? I was living in San Antonio, Texas. And I met a man who actually I had met before. I met him at a women in communications uh, cocktail get-together. And he asked me if I was available to be hired as a subcontractor to help him set up a sales force of independent representatives because he had salespeople on staff and couldn't afford to pay them when they're not delivering ads. And he wanted to have it so that he only had to pay if they delivered the goods. And I was uh, doing freelance work at the time. And I said, sure. And uh, realized I had interviewed with him when I first got to San Antonio uh, he had an opening for a magazine he had called Dental Dealer, but the salary was just too low for my experience coming from New York City. Hmm. So I had declined it. Uh, but this I took on as a project. And right after I started, the bookkeeper pulled me aside and said, this man is um, in serious financial trouble. Are you sure you want to do this? You may not even get paid. <sighs> And I said, well, I'll do what I can and we'll see what happens. And he was he did pay me and um, I did set up the sales force. So he had a magazine called Dental Lab World. Mm. And that magazine started out in Southern California. He had been the executive director of the uh, uh, Southern California Dental Lab Owners Association. And he did this magazine for them and had a trail of debt and took off from uh, California to San, to San Antonio with this debt to have this magazine become more of a, a countrywide magazine. I'm probably giving you way too much detail. I love it. The bottom line there is that he was an unsavory character, and I didn't realize uh. it. And I had already kind of got my foot in the door, and I knew trade magazines from New York City. And so I was a fish back in water once I got back in the world of trade and didn't want to let go. And so I stayed with trying to help him get his magazine going. But shortly thereafter, he, I was responsible for opening the mail, found out that he had sold his company 50, 60% of it to some people from Germany who had a publishing company there with some dental magazines in Germany. So when they came in to meet with him and, and asked me to sit in the meeting, I was honest about the state of the finances and they had a fit. <laughs> So now I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to fast forward and explain that the, the IRS would make weekly calls to the office. They'd come in the front door and he'd sneak out the back door because he hadn't paid payroll taxes. Oh, geez. He hadn't done a lot of things and it was a mess. And, and so I tried to make this thing work, but they eventually forced him out, basically. They forced him out. So my first time going to Chicago was actually spent at the very Hyatt where Lab Day is in a room sequestered all day in case the attorneys needed me to help with the deposition. Wow. Really? Unbelievable. Small world. Yes. It's really 
full circle for me. And it's kind of weird. Um, they forced him out and they invited me to take over. But unfortunately, they didn't really look at me as a person who could take over. They hired somebody from New York City to oversee me. And this man stole all the rest of their money from them. Wow. Yeah. And so I tried to tell them that I checked out the reputation of the man that they had entrusted with handling accounts receivable and that he was not a good guy. And they said, yes, he is. We go on vacation. He's a good guy. You can trust him. And obviously, uh, he couldn't be trusted. So I gave my resignation, started to pack up my things because at the same time, my reason for being in San Antonio ended and I was going to come back east. And uh, people in the industry said, don't, don't, if the, you know, if this magazine is going to fold or fail, there'll be a hole in the market. Why don't you start a new magazine? I said, I don't know anything about the dental world, dental industry. Don't worry about it. They said to me, I'll help you. And Tom Bormis was among those people who said, I'll help you. And he spent countless hours with me on the phone, teaching me all about our industry. And then I was pack, as I was packing up the office and I was going to put everything into storage, I came upon a survey uh, that this man, his name was Gail Essery, he's, he's deceased, and he was also mentally unstable, I, I discovered. Um, but he had done a survey asking technicians many questions, and among them he asked, what's the relationship with their dental clients? And they in a nutshell, many of them said things to the effect of dentist equals master, technician equals slave. Hmm. We don't get paid, we deserve, uh, we're not appreciated. The dentists have no problem picking up the phone and yelling at us that we screwed up and that we should remake the work for free and a bunch of other expletives. And it was a very ugly relationship. And the other thing that, that struck me from reading the survey over is that he asked, would they be interested in knowing what's going on uh, with laboratories in Europe or around the world? And again, the refrain was pretty much typically, we have enough trouble keeping up with what's going on in our, our own backyard. We're drowning here. We don't have time to know what's going on overseas. So I thought to myself, <laughs> you know, this, these are people who, who have low self-esteem and are being battered by dentists who don't appreciate what they're doing and what their knowledge is. And I need to figure out if there's a way that a magazine would be valuable if it made them feel good about their, their chosen profession and gave them the tools that they needed to look at their work more as a business than a hobby, which seemed to be the situation since they were always saying they never felt like they were being paid properly. So I'm yeah. thinking, well, you know, that's that's their own fault. It's, that's a, it's a frame of mind. So maybe I could do something to change the frame of mind. And that was how I came upon creating a magazine called Modern Dental Lab. And I put a proposal together and I got in my car with my girlfriend and we were heading to back to New York. And I was going to meet with my dad and his uh five sisters and see if they could drum up, uh, you know, say 50 or $60,000 for me to get the magazine off the ground. Wow. And while that happened, the people from Germany got my letter of resignation and Judy, you can't leave us. We need you. We found out you're right. This man was, was uh, terrible. He stole our money. What should we do? Please. We have a ticket for you. Come to Germany, come help us. And, and here's another, here's a kind of a me too type story. I, uh, agreed to go to Germany and meet with them and give just give them a chance. 
to, you know, hear them out because I thought, you know, this was more of a legitimate continuance being that I had already worked with them and it would be less risky. But I met with an attorney uh, that somebody put me in touch with from my old publishing life in New York. And at dinner, the man started talking about sex with his wife and problems uh-huh. with his wife and their sex life. And I'm thinking how inappropriate uh-huh. this is. Yes. And so when I was in Germany and they wouldn't sign my contract and they wanted to renegotiate the contract and they retyped it on their own letterhead uh, with terms that were comfortable to both of us or to them as well, instead of what I brought out to them, I had in mind the man, the attorney and the conversation. And I thought, gee, I don't really feel very trusting toward this guy. He was sleazy. And so I signed on the dotted line. And that was the big mistake because a year and a half later after the magazine, which was an instant success, was making enough money to actually pay the debt that they had left behind in San Antonio and California when they absorbed the the guy's magazine, we had a falling out. We had a falling out and they told me in front of my staff, Judy is this big, you know, holding their fingers, uh, you know, a millimeter apart. Uh, Judy's this big. She's the general manager. What does she do? You do all the work. She just manages. And we had a physical altercation in the office where I actually hung, uh, started to call the police and he put his finger on the button, which is what, yeah. how phones used yeah, to work. Yeah. And I slammed, I slammed it down on top of his finger. And then he physically wrestled me out of the office. Physically wrestled me out of the office. Wow. And um, my husband had to go and retrieve my belongings because that office was outfitted with mostly my own furnishings, my furniture that I supplied for the staff to, to use to work on. Uh, it's, it's it's way more involvement than that, but that's kind of the heartache in a nutshell. You know, my staff stabbed me in the back by saying we can do this without Judy. She showed us how to do it. Uh, it was it was very, very ugly. It was really, really ugly. And with that, I went and took a second mortgage on my house and started lab management today while having a lawsuit against them and then against me and wow. uh, <laughs> settling out of court. Uh, and most of the money went to the uh, attorney. And he said, Judy, beat them on the playing field where you could, where you know what you're doing. You're going to end up spending all your money and fighting it in the courtroom, there's no point to that. Just go and go and beat them at their own game. And wow. that's what lab management today is. They went out of business shortly after. About two years later, they sold to Stevens Publishing in Waco, Texas, and they folded eventually, as did six other magazines that competed against us at the time. So <laughs> the, the message was, don't tangle with me in it. <laughs> I've heard uh, Bennett uh, call you a warrior, and I believe personally that about sums it up. You're definitely a warrior, and there's a good lesson in there, and that's called listen to your gut. Your gut tells you not to go somewhere. You know, you always want to make sure you listen to your gut. I learned that uh, about a couple years ago, and I really believe in that. So thank you for that wonderful story. So I've got a question. Lab management today, how did you come up with that, LMT, the title, the name? Uh, It's funny that you you asked that because... Uh, I just saw uh, Bruce Barish in in, uh, in Chicago, and, and uh, when I was in, in, from New Jersey, he's a lab owner from New Jersey, and it was a lab owner in New Jersey, a different 
a different guy named Jack, but they look very uh, much alike. So I always confuse the two. Uh, my my mentor in in uh, the publishing world of New of New York City for dental. I was in the cosmetics world and jewelry and all kinds of other fields, but not as an editor. It's kind of a long story. <laughs> anyway, here's another long story. But basically, my the the uh, one of the owners of the publishing company told me a long time ago, when you have a trade magazine, call it like it is. Name it for what it actually is. Don't make people have to guess what it's about. Make the name say what the story is about, what the magazine's content is. So even though Modern Dental Lab was kind of cute, lab management today spelled it right out. It was a mouthful. And that's what the guy from New Jersey, the lab owner in New Jersey said, Judy, that's really a mouthful. I said, yes, but you know exactly what I'm going to be (laughs) writing about, right? And he said, yes. I love that. And and we didn't use we didn't use LMT for several years. We we spelled it out, lab management today, on the mm-hmm. on the masthead. And we only became LMT when uh, Jim Pouliard, who used to work with us, came in one day with a copy of GQ. And he said, this used to be Gentleman's Quarterly. Don't you think, think it's time for LMT, right, for lab management today to become LMT? Oh, that's hilarious. And we all agreed and laughed and we did and changed the logo to LMT. And there you have it. I think that's brilliant. I mean, one of my biggest pet peeves is a business that doesn't describe what it is. And I have no idea if I even want to go there. But I think it's great that you called it what it is and it stayed true to it for all these years. I think that's wonderful. Do you remember what your first main article was in the first LMT? We started out, I was working, uh, I had a lot of people wanting to see this happen. Uh, which is uh, why it's so sad that, to know that Chris Kirsten is gone. But he was—he made a special stop on and went to Europe to stay over at uh, Kennedy Airport for a few extra hours so that we could meet and he could help me get some people uh, on on our editorial board to get us off the ground. And and I worked with a guy named Bob Macario who went over to the dentist side of of the world helping to be a coach to dentists. He wrote an article for us about price cutting, about why price cutting is not a marketing strategy. So for the first uh, few issues, we had that old logo with the non-smoking, the no-smoking logo, but with a dollar symbol inside and uh, X'd it out and made a whole thing about not cutting prices. So we did that, and we did benchmarks in the laboratory, what a little focuses on, on dental laboratories. And I think our first one was from San Antonio, in fact. I'm, I'm not sure I'm fuzzy, because when I think about the beginning of LMT, it's kind of merged to some degree with Modern Dental Lab, because it was, it was like my firstborn, hmm. kind, of a, kind of a strange thing. But I think we talked about porcelain furnaces, hmm. automated por- porcelain furnaces, I think, but I'm not sure. Thank you for that. My One of my favorite issues is the pay issue, what people are making and what um, regions. Do you guys do get together as a team and come up with, you know, what do you want to talk about? What's hot now? Do you have like think tanks that you do with your team to come up with? What does the industry want to hear about like for next month, next six months? Absolutely. On, on, a, on a regular basis, a very regular basis. And then on a more formal basis, Kelly uh, pulls together her editorial team. And they discuss all of the notes that they'd been taking the previous few weeks to, and who they spoke to and what's happening and what they're hearing. And mostly uh, we get a lot of information and insight from our surveys. Yeah, that was on my list. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that was my next question. One of the things oh, that I love about it is that when you guys send me the surveys, 
I mean, the questions are always great. And then I noticed two, three months later, you've got those answers in your magazine. So I love how you put all that together. I always um, answer the surveys. There's always great questions, great content. Um, so I can see how, you know, that folds all in. So it's a great idea. Thanks for being a participant. I was telling Steve Killian in Chicago that I always know his answers. I could, I mean, I'm reading an answer <laughs> Oh, this is so this is so good. This is this is so on on target. And I look back and I see that it's his, and it's it's just, uh, and it, I'm in tune with his uh, with his responses. But now I'm going to have to look for yours as well. Awesome. That's, that's neat that you're that you're that personal. All that you're looking at him and that you know us that well. That's really cool. Not surprised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many different people fill out the surveys? Oh, it ranges from 300 to almost 600, depending on which the, which survey it is. The The wage and fee surveys are harder to get high numbers. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it's so much work. That is some great feedback numbers, though. I mean, you can really get a, an idea of what people are thinking with those sort of numbers. We keep that magazine all year round. And sometimes yeah. when I go to hire, I refer back to it and say, okay, you know, this is what we can base this on. I mean, we we really, really use that. So it's great information. But yeah, I've done it before. <laughs> I filled out that survey and you're right. It well, is, I appreciate uh, it. you know, it's, it takes a while, but it's worth every second when you get the issue and you can pinpoint on those different wages and what the, what the skills are. Love it. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. I appreciate that. Oh, I have to interject that Kelly is uh, and her team are the ones who do all of that work, yeah. put those surveys together and do the analysis and come up with the content. I, I don't get involved in that anymore uh, unless it's something that I bring to the table, which these days it's not as, uh, as frequent as it used to be. They have taken the magazine uh, to a whole other level with their expertise. It's really great to see too. I, I love it. Last month, I think, you know, the the issue about the lab owners and what's make you special. There was a lot of females that you guys had in there too. You know, you can see some of the, um, you know, in our industry changing a little bit. I know it's more of a male dominated industry, but I'm just so happy to see, you know, some of these more strong female lab owners and lab technicians come out and, you know, say, hey, we have a voice. So I, I made sure that I thanked Kelly for that and told them that I absolutely love that magazine. That issue, that issue was, I think, a couple months ago. So. <laughs> Thanks. I knew that wasn't my idea, but it was a fabulous idea. So how has the magazine changed with the industry over the last couple of decades? Uh, we know it so much more intimately than we used to, even though we always try to have very close relationships with our readers. We've gotten to, to kind of know the pulse of the market. How much of your insight into technology and the industry comes from vendors more than readers? Does it? No, I don't think so. No. So it's all, it's all readership no. then? We hear from manufacturers what they have uh, coming down the pike put sometimes a little bit of a spin on what they have coming. So we go back to the reader to get to get it validated. That's exactly what I was looking to hear because I don't want to hear something directly from a vendor. I want to hear real people using the product and how it works, you know, and I think it's important. Exactly. We tell the manufacturer that we, we're not a vehicle we actually lost a cover two advertiser once upon a time because he thought that he could dictate to us what he wanted in the press release. And we said, no, you can't. He said, well, I'm your cover two. And I said, yes, you are. And thank you for that. And he said, well, then I have a right. I said, no, you don't. I'm sorry. And he said, okay, then take me off the cover two. And I said, I 
be happy. To. That's awesome. And that was, that we will not ever compromise the integrity of our editorial product. That's great. Can we switch over to LMT Lab Day? Um, Elvis, are you good with that? She was early in our interviewing career. And she was a great interviewee. She really did a great job telling her story. Yeah, and we were both fascinated and learned a lot of things that, um, you know, we didn't know about her. And now we get to share that with the world. So uh, it's pretty cool. You get to hear her history, how she started, uh, you know, where she came from, all the horrible things that happened to her early in her career, which is kind of like anybody else I know. But uh, it's a great story. Yeah, sure I remember my whole career. Um, I followed Judy Fishman and um, she was always my idol. I always considered her one of um, the most influential um, people in our industry, male or female. And um, then I remember I finally got to meet her. Um, God, I can't remember. Where did I finally get to meet her in Chicago? And um, ever since then, you know, every time I see her, you know, she remembers my name. Um, You know, we saw each other this year in Chicago and she's, you know, on Facebook now and she's really, really positive about all of us and everything we put on there. And it's just it's really cool. It's good to know her. Not only is she a celebrity, but she's a real person, too. Yeah, she uh, truly is. I respect that about her. Um, Are you going to the FDLA? Yes. Symposium and Expo next weekend? Yes, I am. Yeah. Tell everybody I say hello. I'd like to see it. I was looking at the... uh, I was looking at the program. It looks pretty good. Looks like you guys put on a nice little expo. Yeah, they usually have a really good program. Yeah, and we have a huge Florida group, and it's it's one of the largest in the country, and it's one of the strongest in the country. And, um, you know, it's it's always a really good meeting, and it's always well-received. So thank you. Thank you very much. Why is it so strong in Florida? I don't know, man. I don't know if yeah. it's, there's more technicians in Florida or if it's that we've always really had a great meeting and that we just keep our, our technicians coming back. You know, it's part business. It's part technical. You know, so you get the best of both worlds. They put on a great program. There's always been a really strong board. You know, I think it's a lot of things. And Florida, I think, is just strong in general. I think we just need to keep putting more resources in it because, you know, some of the associations aren't as strong. So I just, you know, I'm really proud of it. I'm sure it's a lot easier to get people to travel to Orlando than it is when we used to have it in Indianapolis. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you can see that. Yeah, that makes that makes a big difference. If you have a moment, check out our website, VoicesFromTheBench.com. We like to have bios for all the guests that we interview or all the guests within our roundtables. We also have links to anything mentioned on the show. Anytime you hear anybody mention a website or a product or anything, check out our website. I'll try to put a link up there so you can find it very easily. Email us if you want to be interviewed or if you have something that you think um, we should interview. Um, We're looking for uh, any sort of information you can give us. So... Email us. Look for us on Facebook. You know, give our page a like to stay updated on all the newest episodes. And anytime you see us, give us a share. We're always looking for new listeners. And anybody with an iPhone, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. So every week, a new episode will pop up and be ready for you Monday morning. Awesome. All right. I appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Ginormous! Why is it so big?